the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelow, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. And as always, I'm so grateful to be here. Amen. Amen. Friends, when I was on active duty in the Marines, from time to time I would hear an officer or staff non-commissioned officer refer to a, a Marine as my Marine. And I never liked that expression because as far as I was concerned, every Marine was my Marine. As a colonel, I tried to take every opportunity to talk to Marines, to ask questions about their welfare, and if the situation warranted, to ensure that leaders in their chain of command were advised of any issues. And I think the same way about children. They're our children. And so it's almost September, and for the most part, our kids are back in school or preparing to go back to school And over the last few weeks, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the best way to support parents as they get our kids sorted out and off to school. And again, I say our kids because in my mind, we are a community. So as I think about kids going back to school, I have no illusions about how hard it must be to be a Christian parent today. Quite commonly, organizations do their very best to tow cultural lines often at the expense of the integrity of the organization and the organizational mission. And I think it's true within our justice system, within Congress, within the school system. And so with this in mind and with thoughts of supporting parents, we reached out to today's guest in hopes of shining light into the opportunity of parents to participate in the education of their children with authority. And I hope you hear that, with authority authority. So Meg Kilgannon is a senior fellow for education studies at Family Research Council. Previously, she served at the Department of Education as director of the Office of Faith and Opportunity Initiatives in the Trump administration. And throughout her career in education, she has used her skills to promote excellence and accountability in America's public school system. And I can think of no one more capable to help us in our conversation today. Meg, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Richard and Christine. It's an honor to be here. Hi, Meg. So glad that you're here with us today. Yeah, and friends, if you recognize the last name, Kilgannon, it's because we've had the pleasure of having Meg's husband, Tom Kilgannon, on the show And as you know, he's a president of the Freedom Alliance, an organization that does so much for our veterans and their families. Yeah, and recently we were um, telling Tom that we were going to have David Clawson on the show. 
And he said, hey, I have someone else that you might want to talk to. And he was kind of a little bit secretive about it. And then all of a sudden he's like, my wife. And we're like, okay, (laughs) awesome. And uh, so um, what a great connection. And of course, um, hello to Tom if you're listening. Excellent. Friends, before we get started, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today for our children, for our parents, and for our teachers. Help us as Christian husbands and wives, as Christian parents, and as members of the body of Christ to know biblical truth, to live it, and to teach it to our children. Help us, Father, to come together as a community to shape an educational system which empowers parents and supports teachers and administrators as they try to influence godly growth in our kids and godly change in the educational system. Finally, Lord, may we all be compassionate for those who are lost and struggling to see them not as enemies but as casualties on the spiritual battlefield that your will be done in and through us. May all we say and do be glorifying unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So, Meg, welcome. Uh, So happy to have you here. And for our listeners who did not uh, tune in last week to hear from David Clawson about uh, Family Research Council, please tell us about it. Well, we are an organization based in Washington, D.C. We are here to um, make sure that the interests of family, of faith, family, and freedom are injected into policy decisions in the nation's capital. So we uh, engage with members on Capitol Hill. We monitor, and to the degree that we can, engage with members of the administration. And um, also, when when needed, we'll um, file amicus briefs to the Supreme Court on issues that are facing the court. Um, it's a big, big job, but um, we want to make sure that um, real people especially people of faith Christians, are represented in in the rooms where decisions are being made. Uh, so important. We talk a lot on the show about alignment and misalignment. And when I say alignment, I picture this vertical line down from God to me, for example, and then the horizontal line flowing out from me. And our lives should be aligned with God's values and with what he tells us is important. And I've noticed when I am in a place of misalignment, then that's when you tend to experience such dissonance and uh, pain and um, pushback and heartache and all of those different negative uh, emotions. And so what I hear you saying about the Family Research Council is you are working there to ensure alignment between God and the policy choices of this nation. Exactly, exactly. We, you, you would maybe be surprised about the amount of, of prayer that happens between um, in these meetings and sometimes just between in conversation with people that we meet with. We'll often ask how we can pray for them, and um, they're very grateful for that, and, and um, that's a part of the alignment, the, the most important part of the alignment, and we, we take that very seriously. 
And, you know, it's it's so refreshing to hear because I think uh, at least my own perspective is if you look at the, the media and what you might just think plainly is that there's not of faith, anything of faith happening in D.C. And in fact, the FRC is out there, um, as you said, on um, making sure faith, family and freedom are injected into policy. And and to the extent that you're praying with our councilmen and women. Yeah. Very refreshing. You know, talking about personally, when we're not in a place of alignment, all the various negative emotions, uh, dissonance, Everything from uh, maybe you spend more money, so now you're in debt. Maybe you're uh, drinking too much. Maybe you're not using your time correctly. And if we look at this nation, certainly this nation is a place of tremendous misalignment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I can't imagine anything more valuable than to be there representing the values of Christians. Seventy percent of this nation identifies as Christian, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, um, I just would like to encourage the listeners that um, there are so many members of Congress, and, and um, not maybe not necessarily in this administration, but in previous administrations, <laughs> um, very serious, serious Christians, very serious about their faith, practicing their faith actively, and um, really seeking seeking the wisdom of God when the, in the decisions that they're faced with. And, um, it, it is often the case when, when there's a crisis, it is Christians who, who respond to the need and answer God's call to address these, these wrongs. And um, that's definitely happening in Washington. I, it's, I, I, there's a lot of bad news coming out of D.C., of course, all the time, but, um, but there are a lot of good people here really trying to do good things. Mm. That is encouraging to hear. for sure. And you know what? Uh, The people who are in Congress and working in D.C. are there because of our choices as voters. And so it's very easy to complain about all the different things that we see and to complain about uh, this in Congress, this in the House, this in the Senate. But Christians have to take responsibility because, for example, if... 25 million Christians did not vote in the last presidential election, then don't complain about the people who represent you in Washington. Yeah. Very true. So how did you come to work at the uh, FRC? Well, uh, you mentioned my hu- my my husband. I'm partial to him, so I'll bring <laughs> him up again. <laughs> mentioned him earlier. Um <laughs> uh, we met and married, and I I was working uh, for a conservative public relations firm, and I hadn't uh, I didn't think that I would be able to have children, but by the grace of God, uh, we were blessed with four beautiful children, and the youngest of those children is 19 years old now, so I was able to stay home with those with our kids, and uh, be a stay-at-home wife and mom for a good 20 years, which was just that's the, just the best job in the world. And, um, but in, in 2015, before President Obama released their um, Dear Colleague letter that encouraged or demanded uh, transgender policies in schools for children, um, my school board in Fairfax County 
decided that they were going to do this ahead of time. They, they, they were, there was a, a big push for this. This has been going on since 2008 in states like Oregon and Washington State. California made its way east. It happened early in Massachusetts. We sometimes forget about the crazy in Massachusetts, but they should get credit because they're, they're just as challenged as California and those West Coast states in a lot of ways. And it it um, it reared its head in North Carolina in the fight over the bathroom bill, as they called it. And my school board saw all of that and said, "We would like to do that here in Fairfax County." And I just was shocked. It just I you know I volunteered in in my kids' schools. Um, we we had our children in public school. Um, I hadn't seen any evidence that this was an issue in the schools, um, hadn't heard about this from my kids, you know, that other kids or their friends had been, they had been John and now they were Jane or anything like that. So it was just very shocking. And I started going to school board meetings to try to figure out what in the world is going on. How can people think that children could be born in the wrong body? Because that's essentially what you're saying here when you're going down this road and um it it was this really uh, it was a life-changing experience i mean i I just could they could not believe the the level of parent interest we had hundreds of parents at meetings at various points and the school board just really ignored all the concerns and barreled forward with this plan because this was Part of what they wanted. This is what they wanted to do. I met at the school board meeting uh, someone from the Family Research Council. There were, you know, there are a lot of powerful conservative groups in Washington D.C. and and we, you know we live in in the suburbs around the city. Oh, and we all, you know, we know each other. And and a lot have a lot on the right have kids in private school or homeschool their kids. Not as many send their children to public school. But we all, you know, live here, and so I was expecting a little more, you know, interest in this topic, and I found very little outside of um, Family Research Council and the Family Foundation of Virginia from Richmond. They were coming up to monitor these meetings because they knew well that things that happen in the big cities in the state spread to other areas of the state, so they were, you know trying to get an assessment of this, oppose it, obviously, but get an assessment of how how it would be best addressed if it, if it, if it spread south, which well, of course that's, it has. So what I'm hearing is that you were involved, you involved yourself, you mm-hmm. have since taken your involvement to a whole new level. And friends, if you stay with us, we're going to talk about that more in the second segment with Meg Kilgannon. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 
888-447-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are speaking with Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies at the Family Research Council. And as we went to break, Meg was telling us that her involvement with government school policy and um, her current position at the Family Research Council began as a mom Mm -hmm. in a school where she had uh, four kids, and in the early Obama administration, 2008, he hit the ground running with the gender uh, disinformation campaign, which currently grips the nation. And Meg was astounded, and she decided she was going to participate. And that participation led her all the way to uh, be a part of the Trump administration, talking about uh, school issues, school policy, educational policy at the highest levels. And what I hope you hear in there is that we participate. We bring our values. We make sure that we are acting in accordance with our faith, with Scripture as written. It's not opinion. It's not Uh, what we think is right. It's what God thinks is right. And then we bring that to bear on the world around us. And so what a perfect person to talk to as we hope to encourage parents at the beginning of this school year in their uh, tremendous responsibilities with regard to the education of their children. So Meg, sorry to go on so long. You said something when we were, uh, speaking on the phone before uh, the show, you said that if children, if parents are going to pull children out of school, then parents must be ready to put themselves in. And I got this picture of a football game where we took the kids off the field and now we put the parents on the field. I had baseball, mm. but same kind of idea. But that really <laughs> stuck with me as well. I just has really been rolling around in my head since we spoke. You don't you don't like pull people out of baseball games and then put in different people, do you? Except for pitchers. Yeah. Pitchers. Okay, football's better. <laughs> All right. So Jesus, Sometimes there's a double switch, but Yeah, football. Jesus is there's, the head coach and we pulled out some players. That's what was in my head. Um, pull me in a coach, something like oh, that. I yeah, put me in coach. Yeah, put yeah. me in coach. Put me in coach. That's what was, and for some reason I have that tied in my head to baseball. Who I knows? won't sing for you, but I could. <laughs> so Meg, 
Uh, tell us more about that. You take your kids out, you put yourself in, and you have walked that walk, so you can really speak to it. Right. Well, that is the that is the instinct when you when you are confronted with something like this that's as fundamental as as this issue of gender identity in schools and and the idea that people who are who are trained and supposedly expert in the care of children, the the educating of children, uh, instilling knowledge in children, they if they can become convinced that there is such a thing as a boy trapped in a girl's body or someone who's non-binary or the idea that it's possible to change from one sex to another sex, um, this, this is a crisis, right? Something, something has gone terribly, <laughs> terribly astray. And so the, the solution to a problem like that, when people think they're doing a good thing by encouraging children to change their identity in this way, and that it's possible for them to change their identity in this way. It's not enough to just pull your own kids out. That's there are still children there who are going to be left under this uh, <laughs> under this kind of instruction. And it's not just this issue. There are many, many other issues like this that are a problem, um, that are a real battle of worldviews, so to speak. Um, we adults. We have to make sure that we are putting ourselves into this system. You pull your children out and you put yourself in because we, this isn't okay for anybody's child. This, kind, this is just delusional thinking, and it is not okay for anybody's child to be encouraged down this path. Um, so that really is the idea that, w- yes, we may take our children out, we can't take our money out because our tax dollars are paying for this. Um, and so because of that, it's really important that we try to see that, that the tax money is stewarded in a way that's for the health and, and welfare of children and our society. We build institutions as a society so that we can rely on them in times of, of, of plenty and in times of want, right? That's the point of coming together in community is is to to work together um, for the common good, and these things are not for the common good. Obviously, yeah. so complex. They, you know, there are no metrics or conditions which support this nonsense. Our children aren't better off. They're not happier. They're not well, uh, more well grounded. They are in terrible shape. And if you think about it, this time of year when we were kids, we were going to uh, the drugstore to get school supplies. Uh, I just probably gave away how old I am because we went to Eckert's to get school supplies. <laughs> Eckert's, I love it. <laughs> and, and we worried about uh, fitting in, and we worried about would we make the football team. We did not worry about all of this collateral nonsense that uh, I just cannot believe that our children have to deal with this. And so, parents, it's so important that we don't leave them to fight this fight by themselves. And uh, with respect to the the fight itself, very interesting. I've been following a story about a lady who identifies as a socialist Marxist lesbian who 
is in charge of the uh, how is it the American Library Association, mm. right? And it's her desire, and she thinks it's absolutely critical to have these sexually explicit books about homosexual sex in school libraries. And here in Texas, uh, a representative by the name of Brian Harrison has said absolutely not. He said this woke, ultra-liberal Marxist socialist nonsense will not take place in Texas schools, especially in taxpayer-funded institutions. And that just touches on what you were saying, Meg, about how it comes back to our tax dollars. And so he said, I think people are fed up not having just this ultra-liberal, extremist, Marxist, socialist ideology forced upon them and forced on our kids, they're sick and tired of having to be the ones that pay for it themselves with their hard-earned tax dollars. So right. uh, we talk a lot on the show about money as a weapon system. And mm-hmm. uh, you can use your money to not shop at Target. You can use your money to not buy Bud Light. You can use your money in these different ways. And we have seen recently how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. I sense that corporations are pulling back from the whole uh, woke agenda jam down your throat thing because it's impacted the bottom line. And so what you're saying about how ludicrous it is that these things are being pushed, let alone that they're being pushed with our tax dollars on our children. Well, and in the case where I live in Fairfax County, we our school board budget on a yearly basis is about four billion with a B dollars. Four billion dollars a year. And we're only eleven or twelfth on the list of largest school districts in the country. So this is not an insignificant amount of money these people are playing with. Uh and and it's really incumbent upon us to as citizens see that that money is used wisely. Um, this, it's, it's, it's your money. Okay. Uh, so remember, we were talking about if you think about pulling your kids out, then you have to be ready to go in. Christy was thinking baseball. I was thinking football. And it's that messy, and it's that rough. And I think... Before, there were times when a parent put their kid on the bus and they uh, were very happy knowing that their kid was going off to school and learning about history or science. And now we realize that as we put our children on the bus, there is no telling what uh, buffoonery is going to be pushed down their throat. In a recent case, Governor uh, Huckabee said in Arkansas, that the Department of Education would not support critical race theory. And her contention is that state law prohibits any ideologies from being pushed on children through the public school system. And uh, I think that that's so important. So, friends, please stay with us, because in the third segment, we are going to really dig into what parents can do as they determine with complete authority what they will allow their children to be subjected to and what they will not allow their children to be subjected to, when they will pull them off the field 
and when they will go in themselves. Stay with us. Of the plans that you made. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for her faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're speaking with Meg Kilgannon, one of our uh, longtime guests on the show, Tom Kilgannon's uh, wife, and she's a senior fellow for education studies at the Family Research Council and has tremendous experience in education, and she actually began as a mom who was a little bit fed up with the things that were being pushed on her children in school. She walks the talk. She walks the talk. And you said Fairfax County was where that all started, right, Meg? Yes. And uh, so at that time, that was uh, 2008, and the new administration was pushing all of the gender stuff. And so she is a walking, uh, breathing, living example of uh, the power of parents to participate in their children's education and I'd like to point out that there is historical precedent which shows that children are often used as the lever to pry society apart. Mm-hmm. When the Chinese Communist Revolution was failing, Mao used the children 
against their parents. He used students against their teachers. And that allowed him to break with all of the traditions and values of the past to institute his new communist slavery, which uh, took the children's desire to just be children and used it against them because they didn't know any better. And the next thing you know, you have an entire society in uh, enslavement, Very ideological enslavement. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's it's uh, it's a thing. And it's and it's being yeah. done right now, and our children are worse off for it, and uh, we are not aligned as a society, and uh, we're paying the price. And so, Meg, what would you say to parents who want to get involved and make a difference? Um, well, there's no better day than today to do that. <laughs> so uh, you could do just take a very small first step is in that it would be to find out when your school board meeting happens, where it happens, and make a plan to attend that school board meeting. And it it may be very boring, uh, but it might be uh, pretty interesting. There are so many issues related to children in the schools. It's really a microcosm of our entire society. When I started going to the school board meetings, it was because I was interested in the particular issue of the policy that would expand our non-discrimination policy to include sexual orientation and gender identity. But they were also talking about the budget. They were also talking about um, school disciplinary matters. They were also talking about bus schedules and changing the holidays that would be observed by the school system. And people people were interested. We were we traditionally had the week of uh, before Easter, the week of Passover, mm-hmm. off at spring break. That had been the, the, the case probably since, I don't know, the beginning of the school system, I would guess. And um, there were people who were agitating to change that and have it be a rotating holiday. You know, we're not allowed to call it Christmas break anymore. It's winter break, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, all of these kinds of issues are discussed at, in some form or another at the school board. And what I realized when I was in those meetings was that it all came down to the votes. That we could, we parents could go there and we could listen and we could talk. But because the school board I was watching had nine Democrat endorsed uh, members and only three Republican endorsed members, they could do whatever they wanted, and they did. Mm. And so I realized that this starts even before the the point of the school board meeting. You need to be, you know, in the room. You need to be in the room where the discussion is happening, when the agenda is set. And by the time I, as a parent, would be allowed to talk about an issue in particular, that that the decision was made the people the people who were going to vote knew already how they were going to vote and they weren't waiting to hear what i thought about it or what anybody else thought about it because the discussion had already happened and so this this made me see how how important it was to have better political representation on the board more equal political representation on the board um talking to those three members on the board and, and, and trying to help them, equip them with arguments. They were great. It, I'm not implying that they weren't doing the best job that they could because they were really fantastic 
And it takes a lot of courage to be in the minority in that situation and to hold your hold to your truths and to stand for your truths and to, you know, defend those those positions and, and make the other side defend theirs. Um, so it, it made me see the importance of school board races. It, it made me understand that there's a lot of money at stake that's much bigger than, um, than we really understand. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of contracts. There's a lot of money spent in, uh, to organizations and funds, um, the, the whole employment contracts and the engagement with the teachers' unions. There is a tremendous amount of money in public education. At the time I was first getting involved, it was $600 billion. It's so much more than that now because of the pandemic and the CARES funding that went out, and they have even more money now (laughs) to spend. And, um, you know, it's probably not going to contractors with conservative or Christian leanings in most cases, right? It's going to people who agree with their worldview. And so this is a misalignment, right? Because taxpayers of all political persuasions are paying the money that's being reallocated by the school districts. So uh, it, 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 I, I, my eyes were really opened in attending those meetings and just seeing how important it is uh, um, to to have people in office who share my worldview. And it's a public school system. I know I'm not going to get my way all of the time. I understand that. Um, but the other side shouldn't get their way all of the time either. <laughs> and it's a kind of a one-way street right now. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm petty. I'm saying that because it's true, <laughs> right? Everybody, this is a place to make compromises, to to come together and to decide okay, I might not get what I want, but what can I live with? What can we do that's still in the best interest of all the children? How can we settle this disagreement? And um, that that kind of conversation isn't happening very much in the school system, and it really must and should. And it could be a model to try to um, reduce some of the polarization in our society. If we're going to have these kinds of conversations, they're going to happen in our public schools because that's the place where everybody has to go. Ironic. I saw my stepdaughter's elementary school, must have been 20-plus years ago, on the wall it said, it's not who's right, it's what's right. And Mm. uh, that was 20-some-odd years ago, and now we live in a society that is most focused on who's right. And what we have to refocus people on in speaking the truth of God, is what's right. I love to quote Abraham Lincoln when he said, plant your feet in what is right and stand firm. And that begs the question, what is right? Because if you just do what you think is right, you're no different from the guys on the other side who are doing what they think is right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not enough. We don't have to be focused on the who of it. We have to be focused on the what of it. And the truth of the matter is, Nothing that is being done is working for our children. They are not happier. They're not less suicidal. They're not less hooked on drugs. They're not less teenage pregnant. They're not uh, making better grades. They are not better educated. They're not succeeding more in college and in life. 
nothing these people are pushing is working because it's all in misalignment with God. And so what's so important, friends, is that as we take steps to participate, as we bring our financial and our voting resources to bear on the world around us, as we use our personality and all other influence to speak into this subject, we have to remember that it's not about us. It's about God. And it's about aligning our perspectives with him. And then our children seeing that. It's about the home that they wake up in in the morning as we put them on the school bus. And it's about the prayers that are said at the dinner table when um, we eat dinner. One of the things I heard Meg say, as Meg, as you talked about taking um, Easter changed with spring break and Christmas changed to winter break, we've continued to take God out of the school system. And so we have to stand and put ourselves in and, and put God back into the system. Yeah. And you can't participate if you're not informed. So step one, as Meg said, identify when and where of your next school board meeting and then be there and become informed. And then the more informed you are, the more you can use your voice So, friends, stay with us. We're going to the fourth segment after these messages, and we're going to ask Meg to wrap it all up for us. Thou wilt find a solace there. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jujitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Well, friends, well, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Corey brought us back with so much perfect. energy, and that's the perfect song. I'm supposed he got the to right tell you, lyrics. Yeah, wow. I'm supposed to tell you that this is Courageous Christianity, and I'm Richard Mandelow, and we're talking to Meg Kilgannon, but this world is a crazy place, Corey. We maybe need you to play that again. Nothing is, 
we don't need to say anything more. No, yeah. absolutely we do. <laughs> okay, show over. Talk to you later. <laughs> so, friends, we're talking with Meg Kilgannon, and we're talking about education. Our kids are back in school or soon to go back to school, and it's such a big topic. The world is trying to use our children as a lever to pry apart uh, this great nation and to hurt them. And they don't care if they're successful in life, and they don't care if they're well-adjusted, and they don't care if they feel warmth in the cold or comfort in loneliness. All they care about is pushing an agenda. And it is up to us, adults, to read the Bible and to know what God says, and then to have the intestinal fortitude to stand up for those things. We are not in a popularity contest. Christianity is not about like, it's about love. And that love starts first in the little church in our home called family. Proverbs chapter 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. And so many scriptural references tell us that we must teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. The thing that uh, is being referred to here is the word of God, the law of God, the love of Christ. And so the enemies who come against God do so in many ways through our elected officials. They use uh, funding and they are trying to capture our children. Yeah. And we can't allow it. And uh, not on my watch. And that's what we're talking about here because they are our children. So, Meg, hearing all of that, um, Corey's exciting music and my little diatribe. <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts for us as we wrap up this show and send parents off to do good work with regard to their children's education? Well, I, I just, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you all. And, um, I I would, I would encourage parents. I, I believe me, I know you're busy and I know you're doing the absolute best that you can. And, um, we, we really, the most important thing you can do, whether it's attending a school board meeting or getting the you're getting on your child's school computer and asking them to take you through their assignments and seeing what's going on in the school system, um, the most important thing you can do is to pray for your children and pray for all children. We have a a, a prayer guide at, um, at on the website for back to school prayers. And um, all of us need to be praying for schools. We have so many people in our school system. Um, the interesting thing about being engaged at the school board level was that when people saw me as an activist trying to engage that process, people with, from within the school system would give me information. They would, you know, they would be whistleblowers. They'd say, you know, please don't use my name, but this is what's going on over here. And please don't tell them I told you this, but we were just told this yesterday. So you're a sign of hope. You're a sign to everyone else, whether you whether you really want to be or not. Um, people, courage is contagious, and when when one person stands up, other people will follow. Um, it's sometimes they'll follow quietly and thank you for saying what they're too afraid to say, but 
um, they still you're still representing a lot of people, and so it's really important to engage. Um, we have we have lots of resources at Family Research Council to help with this. We have a website, um, frc.org/education. There are lots of tools there. Um, there's a paper there called the SBLC's Radical Learning for Justice Program that explains critical race theory and queer theory and how outside interest groups impact the school system. It'll give you a way to look for things in your school system that are ideological, and you'll have some uh, way to identify them and um, to report them. There is a a, uh, model opt-out letter for parents, a universal opt-out that you can send to your school. You can fill it out with your name and your child's name and just say, we don't. We don't agree to have any of this taught to our children, and it's basically topics around sexuality and gender identity, but you could use that as a guide to cover any anything you don't want taught. Um, there is a, 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 a publication about engaging, Concerned Citizens Guide to Engaging with Public Schools, um, because Parents are busy, and we need grandparents, and we need people who maybe never had children in the school system but are concerned about the direction of our country because everybody's taxes are paying for schools. Our housing values are are based on the, the quality of our school system a lot of the time. It's a big factor in how much your, your house is worth. Um, whether or not a business is going to relocate to your community they look at graduation rates. They look at test scores. They want to know that they're going to have an educated workforce to work in that business. And so they look at your school system. So we have a lot of reasons to be interested in the school system that are not as good as, as doing it for the kids, but are still pretty compelling reasons. That's so excellent. And just, you said, just to, just to clarify, that was frc.org forward slash education? Yes. And then if you're thinking of running for school board, which I hope you are, go to frcaction.org slash schools, and you'll find our school board boot camp there that will give you some encouragement and help in discerning if God's calling you to run for school board and practical tips for issues you may face and... um, we, we feature people who Excellent. have been on the school board and all kinds of things. Thank you so much. That is fantastic advice. Friends, you heard it from Meg Kilgannon with FRC, and you can find out more at frc.org forward slash education. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And today, our moment of truth comes from Psalm 145. Verses 3 and 4, which we talked about in church this weekend. And they say, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Friends, our children will know about God because we tell them about God. And they will know how to live for God because we show them how to live for God. I've heard that the home and family is best described as a little church, led by husbands in partnership with wives. In these little churches, the word of God continues from one generation to the next. In these little churches, in these Christian American families, reverence for and belief in Jesus Christ 
continues from one generation to the next. It is in this way that the words of the Bible come to life in us to glorify God. It would be naive to think that the devil would not array forces against the millions of little churches which comprise the body of Christ, and we must be prepared to resist these forces as families and as a community. All children are our children. In every area, at every opportunity, we must all support parents in raising godly children and passing from one generation to another our reverence for God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Our children should not be contending with school uh, policy which politicizes history, issues surrounding sex and transgenderism, school library choices which are counter to what God says and what we would allow. These things are not right. And Meg has brought to our attention that she got involved when she had finally had enough. And I guarantee you she was busy with four kids. And her uh, call to action was the gender identity debate in 2008. And it took her to the highest levels of government. And she told us, if you want to pull your kids out, you have to be ready to put yourself in. And to put yourself in, you have to be informed. So if you want to become informed, find out where and when your next school board meeting will take place and make sure you're there. And vote and hold your elected officials accountable because a lot of school board policy will come from that. But she said something that captured my attention most when she said, pray for our children. And so, uh, Meg... It's been an honor having you here. Thank you so much. Um, Is there anything else you would like to say as we part? Just thank you. Um, And don't don't be discouraged. Uh, Be not afraid. Uh, There is always hope in the Lord. And though though things may be a mess now, um, God can work with even the worst messes, to have great outcomes. Amen. Amen. So, as you heard, Governor Huckabee in Arkansas has said that the state institution of education will not be used to push ideologies on children. It is a violation of the state constitution that makes it a violation of law. And I'm sure if we dig far enough, we will find similar uh, opportunities to stand against this in our states. So thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT The Word in Houston, Texas at kkht.com on your favorite podcast app or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Yeah, roots into the eye and wings to fly. Yeah. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.